Welcome along to episode 742 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we have two Olympians for you. Fatima Whitbread lets us know about how you can leave money to charity in your will with Remember a Charity. And we'll be hearing from Greg Rutherford, who's going to let you know how to keep your house crumb free. That's on the way. Uh, we'll be talking drama kids and how you can get kids into the wonderful world of the arts with the amazing school in the city of Wolverhampton. Nikki Evans letting us know about that one. We'll be hearing from David Tristram about his wonderful world of the arts with 10 thousand productions of his plays so we'll be having a nat with him about a special mini tour that he's got on the way to celebrate that charlie brooks joins us to talk about the ocean at the end of the lane which is Wolverhampton's grand theater at the end of this month and we'll be hearing from alan fletcher about the return of neighbors and a special musical tribute that he's released to mark the event that's all on the way on the show this week welcome to the milk bar welcome to the milk bar Welcome to the milk bar. Welcome to the milk bar. Uh, welcome to the milk bar. The National Theatre's new stage adaption of The Ocean at the End of the Lane is arriving at the Grand Theatre in Wolverhampton from the 26th through the 30th of September. The poster itself looks intriguing. The story is from the mind of Neil Gaiman, and it is going to be an amazing experience on stage. Charlie Brooks now joins me to tell me exactly what is going on. Well, at least as much as we can. Good afternoon. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Now, uh, a world of myth, fantasy, uh, friendship, and uh, five-star spectacular, which blends magic with memory. Okay, that's that's the blurb. What's it really like being part of this? It must be amazing. Yeah, it's a fantastic show to be part of. Um, we are way, way into the tour now. And it's been an epic journey of discovery for me personally, as well as the story that happens on stage, which is about um, a young boy who goes on his own journey of self-discovery and meets a young girl called Letty, who is this kind of magical, ever young, young girl. And um, they go on on this massive adventure and they have to fight off dark forces and... Um, it's really a story about um, hope and friendship and um, tr childhood trauma. And it's, um, you know, it's a fantastical kind of spectacle that's been put onto stage. It's got a very cinematic feel to it. And um, uh, the soundtrack is extraordinary. And the, the illusions and the puppetry and the magic that takes place is just... Um, you know, I've never been part of something quite like this, so it's been magical for me on my own personal journey with it. It was It's a full theatre experience, isn't it? It's all you could imagine that theatre can do combined into this amazing piece of storytelling. And uh, uh, with an, an audience suggestion of 12+, plus, we know that it's family-friendly, but it is something that's going to enthrall everyone from the age of 12 right the way through into 102. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely um, opens up conversations about universal subjects and about the universe itself and life and death. And um, there's definitely something that um, younger generations and older generations will both take from it and probably very different things as well. Um, yeah, I've spoken to people that have seen the show more than once and every time, depending on sort of what mood they're in or what state they're in, they feel it differently or they experience something different and hear different things, different, different things will resonate with them, which I think is um, a sign of a really good writing and creatively what Katie Rudd and the team have put on stage. You know, I couldn't have sort of imagined it really when we were in the rehearsal room. But is, is this a series of books you know, from Neil Gaiman, the sort of thing you might read yourself normally, or is this something which is entirely new to you when you came to the, this show? Uh, it's something that's actually new to me. I'd never read the novel before. Um, I'd obviously seen some of his work with Coraline and um, various other things that have been made into TV. But, um, you yeah, know, it's my, it's my first sort of venture into the depths of his work, I suppose. And I, I suppose that as well gives you, it gives you a background to it. Has Neil been involved in the production itself? Um, not in the creating of the production, but he came to see it in Southampton and uh, we had a really lovely chat afterwards. And, you know, he's a big fan of what the creative team have put on stage. So that was really lovely to see and hear. Um, and I think he's been part of the process with Katie Rudd from the start um, when she first sort of went to him. I think it was in 2014 or something with the idea. 
uh, I think he thought how, and then when he first saw it on stage with the first cast and production, I know that he was really moved. And um, I mean, it is quite extraordinary how you get something from the page that is that in depth as a story and that sort of fantastical and otherworldly and fantasy based and how you bring that to life. It does sort of um, go beyond what you could imagine, I think. Yeah, and um, your areas of work. I mean, EastEnders is where we know we of uh, you initially from, and uh, yeah, I think the the quality of work that you you do when you're doing a, a TV show and the, and the volume that you do is very different to to working in theatre. And uh, as you think, it, it gives an interesting magical experience combining this fantasy world with the with where you've been before in your acting work. It must be, it must be good fun. Yeah, I mean, I think the quality is, um, you know, EastEnders has its very own quality, like you mm-hmm. say, thing that's so fast paced. But um, as, you know, a team and what they pull together there, I think it's quite extraordinary the, the quality of work that they churn out in that show. Um, and being in something like this, which is far more focused and being part of the creative process more is um, is definitely a very different way of working and one which I've really, really enjoyed. And again, this is something which I think it, it's one of it'll leave a mark on you, won't it? And I think it should will for all the cast because you transported to another world. It, it must be uh, uh, really weird when you then settle down and have a curry after a show. Um, I'm usually in bed after the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's one of those plays, you know, it's kind of we. I love to see people and hear their reactions at stage door and um it can be really it really moves people it can leave people feeling um sort of about their own their own life questioning things or looking at relationships and friendships or loved ones that might have passed or you know it sort of resonates differently with lots of people and ultimately what we hope is that it's you know a comforting and kind of a big warm hug of a play but um yeah it's We've, we've, we've had one or two curries after the show and digested yeah, it. You have to calm down somehow. So uh, Ursula then, uh, that side of your role, um, how do you I, identify with her? Um, personally, I don't... Uh, I mean, she's very otherworldly. She, um, I suppose she's relatable because like everyone, she wants to um, find a home and she wants to make people happy and she wants to feel love. Um, She doesn't necessarily go about it the right way. And, um, and like I say, she may or or may not be sort of something else in disguise. And (laughs) have you seen the play already? I haven't yet. No, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. So I know, but I know that you've got sort of a bit of a dual role in this. Uh, yeah, no, I it is a dual role. And again, it really depends on how you sort of um, choose to receive the play. Um, but yeah, she's she's may or may not be something else in disguise. OK, so we won't, no spoilers. That's what I'm trying to get to. So where, where do we go? But without spoiling it for those who haven't seen it yet, and including me in that, because I want to be as enthralled as everybody else as, as I make my journey through uh, this place. And uh, the, the concept of the ocean. I mean, obviously, that's that's it's part of the story. It's part of the way the, the 12-year-old sees this world. And uh, the the whole layers and textures, again, you, you, as, as you think, seeing this play two or three times is going to help you uh, see a different show every time. Mm, yeah and and just have a different understanding of it I think and the concept of the ocean and that in there everything is possible and you can go into this other world where everything sort of falls into place it's and how they portray that on stage which is something so simple and yet so effective um is magical through puppetry and uh through the set design and through the lighting and through the soundtrack a combination of all of those things really helps you um to get underneath where these characters are in this world. But I'm, I'm going to guess that when you say puppetry, it doesn't feel like puppetry. They're just other actors with you on stage, aren't they? I'll leave you to figure that one out when you come and see it. Okay, right. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't feel like actors on stage. No. Okay, we'll see how that works when we do see the show. And, and this is the excitement. Two hours 35, including that interval. So it is a good long show, a lot of storytelling to be had there. And yeah. uh, uh, something, again, which the National Theatre does so well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they've got a brilliant bunch of cr- – the creative team are fantastic. 
fantastic and it's a real honor for me to work with them all and um and you with other shows that they've done and they've put on they've had huge successes and and this is definitely no exception so yeah the national theater do a great job and for us to be able to take that out to the regions and to bring that to you know Wolverhampton and Southampton and up to Scotland and all the different places over the UK has has been great. Well, it's a, an absolutely uh, amazing show from what I am told. I'm looking forward to seeing it myself. 26th through to the 30th of September. There is a relaxed performance taking place on Thursday the 28th at the uh, 2.30 matinee uh, to make sure it is accessible to all because this is the sort of theatre that everyone should be at, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you, especially for people that are having their first sort of theatrical experience, you know, we've had school loads of kids in and for people that aren't able to get to the theatre that often for this to be their first thing is just magical and you can hear their reaction, you know, because some of the illusions are sort of a bit breathtaking and that, to hear that visceral sort of reaction is always really amazing. So yeah, it's and, and Oceans is like one thing on its own, really. It's neither just a play or it's certainly not a musical it's sort of stand it's its own world I think and when you see it um you'll understand what I mean and I'd be intrigued to know if you feel like they're actors on the stage after you've seen it so let me know okay I'll try and stay around afterwards in the event which always looks after the cast straight after the show at the Grand meanwhile grandtheatre.co.uk to grab your tickets 01902 429212 is the box office number we'll see how uh, Charlie evolves in this role during the show itself and the rest of the cast all come together to make this absolutely magical Charlie Brooks thank you for joining us so much thank you have a good day There'll be mirth and merriment in some intimate venues. Somebody who'll be doing the uh, entertaining in his own way is going to be David Tristram, who joins me now. Hello. Hi, Jason. You're encouraging people along to some things that you've booked, and these are going to be some very special Tristram experiences. I'd like to think all Tristram experiences are special, but, uh, yeah, this is about me. I haven't done any live theatre since the last Doreen show, to be honest, which was nearly a couple of years ago. So mm. it's nice to get back in there again, feel an audience alongside you and all the rest of it. So it's getting back to my roots. I want to get back to doing some very simple, nicely nicely acted, very simply staged drama. Because you've got some very good friends who are very talented when it comes to bringing your ex- you know, exquisitely honed lines to the stage, haven't you? Yeah, well, I've got a couple of uh, quite old friends. <laughs> We're all getting <laughs> old now anyway. But uh, they've done lots of my stuff over the years. So I've got Sarah Raymond, who's a great actress, and Alan Birch, of course, who's been there literally from the beginning and was the first ever Inspector Drake. And uh, who are we expecting to see in these shows? Which of your characters will be making an outing? Ah, so you're asking to know which clips I'm going to be showing, are you? Just, well, just some hints, at least some hints. There's going to be three short, by which I mean about half an hour, short pieces of comedy um, in very different styles. Uh, one of them is going to be an extract from The Secret Lives of Henry and Alice, which you may know as a play, you may not. Uh, another one from a play called Going Green, and a third one is a little sketch called Peas. So this is you know, the lineup for the nights, but these are, are in, you know, intentionally tiny-ish venues, but tiny for you at, at the very least. Yeah, well, I, I recently learned from my, uh, my agent that my plays have done over 10,000 performances worldwide which is obviously a great milestone. I wanted to commemorate it in some way. And the more I thought about it, I thought the way to do it is to pay homage to the small grassroots theatres, which is where it all started, where all the amateur dramatic societies took on my work and brought it to the people. So I thought it was fitting to get to do village halls, small theatres, and keep it very, very intimate, very simple, but make it all about just the words and the characters. Nice, pure theatre. Yeah, so it's really, it's an audience amongst friends on stage. Well, it is in a way, yeah. But I remember I went to see the Hull Truck Theatre Company many years ago at Bridge North Theatre on the Steps. And all they had on stage was two chairs and two actors. And it was wonderful. And I thought, it's, I'd love to do something as pure as that. So we're getting close to that this time. But it does mean that the words that they are delivering and the way in which they're doing it is even more important than when you've got props and sets and things moving around them. Absolutely, there's nowhere to hide, no no lighting effects and all the rest of it. It's very simple stage comedy. And I hope it will work, obviously, but I think it will, because I've got some great actors on my side. So they're, they're acting my words, and a nice audience should make for a great evening. 
<laughs> now, actually, 10,000 productions, though, that is an impressive number for any playwright. Now, uh, you've done an awful lot of amazing plays, though. Uh, so, do, do we know an average per play? Is there a most popular one? Is it like when you click on you know, Amazon or Spotify, you get a top 10 of uh, you know, the, the, the Tristram greatest hits? Well, there's certain ones that have been more popular with professionals, but the ones without doubt that have been popular for the amateurs is the Last Tango series. I did a whole series of little plays um, called Last Tango and Little Grimly, Last Panto and Little Grimly and all the rest of it. This Little little Grimly was a, a fictional amdram. And of course, all the characters were so recognisable to other amdrams that they, <laughs> they devoured these plays. They do two or three a night and they've been so popular, it's been ridiculous. There's just thousands of productions of that. And I think it's it's when you've got writing which people identify with, uh, whether yeah. it be the the the, the Grimley series or, or whether it's the uh, uh, Doreen play by Jill Jordan. You know, mm. you've got something that people just want to to be part of and, and believe in. Yeah, the characters have to be relatable. If if you want to write a successful comedy, I think the first thing you've got to get is a successful character. Mm-hmm. If the character's just farcical throughout. People don't buy into him or her. So the characters have to be believable. It's the number one rule. And the story has to be credible. And even if it's comedy, there can be lots of serious bits as well to heighten the comedy when it comes. So you have to believe in the people. You have to believe in the characters. And that's what happened with uh, the little Grimly series and also Henry and Alice, and as you say, Doreen as well. So what happens next, though? I mean, we've got 10,000 under the belt. Uh, it's obviously going to hit 100,000 at some point, so that's going to be one <laughs> heck of a party when we get there. But, uh, I mean, what, what works are in the uh, in the making? Well, I've only just started going back to writing plays because we did eight years of Doreen, basically. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I didn't write a single play. So before that, I'd written one a year without fail. So I'm catching up a bit now on that and hoping to just um, slow down a bit at the same time as well. Because I mean, the reason I've got 10,000 performances isn't because my plays are popular, it's just because I'm very old. I think you have to realize <laughs> that. So uh, time does play a factor in this as well. But no, I'd like to do more writing, more diverse writing, and uh, go and see some of my stuff as well out there. I've started to go to places that I wouldn't normally have had time to go to, you know, whether it be up north or down south or wherever, and watch some real great grassroots theatre performing my plays, and it's been fascinating to watch. And do you go incognito, or do you occasionally allow them to have you giving them a few pointers? Now, the trouble with going incognito is you have to pay for a ticket then. (laughs) I usually find if I don't do that, (laughs) I can get a freebie. But... Um, in fact, I'm going to one soon, actually, at the Rose Theatre in uh, Kidderminster. They're doing Inspector Drake and the Perfect Crime in a few weeks. Uh, yeah. lots, lots going on. Is that 10,001? Is that official? Have you, have, you, have you worked out who that one? No, let's not go there. There's too no, much maths involved at that point. Absolutely, yeah. So when are these special nights of Tristram, the celebration of the 10,000 taking place? I knew you'd ask that just after the leaflet, which was on my lap, had dropped on the floor. So I'm just <laughs> going to pick that up, if you don't mind. It's it's comedy timing from the leaflet. Actual, That's what it is. Yeah, there it is, the leaflet. Uh, well, we're starting on the thirtieth of September at Highbury Theatre in uh, Sutton Goldfield or near Sutton Goldfield. Then we're going to the Rose at Kidderminster. We're going to Albert Church Village Hall, Katie Fitzgerald's in Stourbridge, and finally Codsall Village Hall. So it's it's a mix of village halls and small theatres. We may add some more dates. We'll see how it goes. And and how do we get hold of tickets? Well, there's all the infos on my website, which is quite simply davidtristram.uk. Simple as that, davidtristram.uk. You can also find David Tristram Comedies on Facebook and uh, see the antics and some clips and things from from yeah, over the over the decades now nearly, isn't it? It's all been going that long. Uh, and uh, so, some fun bits on there. But uh, the, the, the writing continues to amaze, uh, astound and entertain, which is uh, what we absolutely love you for. Some brilliant work over, over time. And I, I believe Doreen may be back in action this coming Christmas, mightn't she? I think she'll probably pop up. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but she, uh, yes, I think I am. She's, she'll be popping up at the Hebrew, I think, probably. So, for a bit of, uh, bit of panto. That'll be entertaining the masses there, too. Have a great time in all this. Uh, I, I don't know whether you tell uh, writers to break a leg. Uh, so, so, injure a pencil, and uh, we look forward to seeing you doing your stuff on paper soon. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks.
The Neighbours is returning. It's been brought back to life by Amazon and Freebie. You'll be able to see the antics of all the characters there. One of those who has been in the show for 28 years is Dr. Carl Kennedy, played by Alan Fletcher, who joins me now. How are you doing, Alan? Going very well, Jason. Great to speak to you. Good to talk to you too. Now, uh, obviously, the world of Ramsey Street was thrown into turmoil last year with the end of the series as we thought. However... Neighbours is about to return. And that is, number one, a reason for celebration for all of us and especially for the acting team and the team behind the scenes who are part of the show. But it's also that I mean, the fans have been absolutely hugely paying tribute to this. They're very excited. And you're helping them out with all of this with a bit of a tune. I am. I am. One of the, I think it's fair to say that one of our great, great uh, Ramsey Street characters in Susan Kennedy is kind of considered to be the queen of Ramsey Street. So I have, a, I have a tribute to her. It's called I've Got a Crush on Susie K. And it was literally created deliberately as being like a fan tribute to Susan Kennedy. A little bit tongue-in-cheek. It's it's a bit of fun, but it's also reverential. Um, and, and, and a lot of people find it very catchy. It's an earworm. And I used to sing it on the Neighbours Celebration Tour on my Dr. Carl Will See You Now Tour. So I've sung it live many times. And... The fans just kept saying to me, please, please, please release the song. So I have popped it up onto all the streaming platforms uh, and it's available uh, on a sing- on a CD on my website as well. In real life. I like things in real life too, which is always good. But I, I mean, Dr. Carl, Dr. Carl Kennedy, uh, someone you must have loved playing now for doing it for nearly 30 years and uh, be very relieved to be back in the uh, the outfit. Oh, very much so. I, I had absolutely no concept at all that Neighbours was coming back. Last year we saw the end of Neighbours. Five and a half million Brits watched the cumulatively watched that last episode. Me included, and it was hugely successful. Did you watch? Yes, <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, and um, the thing I found that was really interesting is that so many people came back to the show because they had fond memories of Neighbours, uh, and they may have drifted away from the program over over time, but they came back to watch the last episode. And I'm very very hopeful that a lot of them will come back and watch this first new chapter of Neighbours because they'll get a big surprise when they see it. Um, things have moved on in time. Uh, there's some new characters. There's lots of exciting things happening. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is great to have it back. I'm I'm you know first-generation Neighbours viewer when I was in my teens as a kid. And uh, obviously you didn't come along to the show until uh, a, a little while after I finished my university days and had the opportunity to watch as regularly. But it's something that I've always enjoyed dropping into periodically to see what's going on. And as I, the, the final episode, as we thought, was incredibly moving. But to have it back mm-hmm. and to, you know, to to meet these new people, it's, it's the, the Arensbury journey continues. And again, I think that's quite exciting for people as well. And you'll bring new people along this time around too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is basically for some people that they could they could tune in and watch Neighbours if they'd never watched an episode in their life. They could tune in and watch this new Neighbours. And in fact, of course, Amazon is going to be showing the program in America and, and in Canada. Um, and it's, it's uh, yeah, Fremantle Media are busy selling the show to lots of other different territories. So the, 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 there's a whole new audience waiting there for the show, plus, of course, the loyal audience who have loved the show for many years coming back. Uh, it, it really, this really could be quite huge. Yeah, I think, I think it's a special bond between the, the UK and uh, Australia, give or take a few of the things that haven't always been so good between us. But we're, we're, we're shared people. I mean, I, I've been over to Australia a few times, never made it to uh, the... East Coast, and you ever done the West Coast? But uh, it's it, it's a country which I think we we share so many ideals with, and uh, and and the love of neighbours is one of those things that we share across a, a great distance. Yeah, it's true. That's quite true, and you're quite right about sometimes we don't see eye to eye. I mean, the ashes was an interesting time, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, in general, of course, there's enormous affection and affinity between Australia and the UK, and we at Neighbours have always been incredibly appreciative of the fact that. Uh, that um, the, the Brits have supported Neighbours so solidly for so long, and uh, we we wouldn't have had a show without Brits. And I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, honest here too. Amazon told us the reason they decided to pick the show up was because they saw how many people were gutted and and or say saw all the petitions, they saw all that, uh, and they they said this is crazy. We're going to pick the show up. 
Yeah, and it's a, in a nice, convenient place as well for us to be able to watch, uh, whether it's on your tablet, your phone, your telly, or anywhere else. You Probably on your fridge these days as well, you can get these things to stream. But uh, it's yeah. going to be good fun to be able to be back into Erinsborough. And the, I mean, has there been any singing in the show for you? Because obviously you're renowned across Oz for your your talents and often go out on the road. I do. I'm, I'm very lucky that Neighbours afforded me the opportunity to also do some of my own activities. So um, I've, I've toured my show called The Doctor Will See You Now twice in the UK. Uh, and I'm hoping to take a shortened version to Edinburgh next year for The Fringe. Uh, I also tour my music. I, I, I play Americana music these days and uh, people are loving that. I, I toured my album, The Point, in March, and um, I'll be back touring the album again, or touring a new album, I should think, uh, in July next year. So I get a chance to do what I like to do, uh, as well as, of course, do the show that I, I, I love uh, above all else. And I, I assume this is when you're out on tour that you enjoy doing your photography as well. Again, something else that is another one of your skills. Indeed, thank you. Uh, I'm very fortunate that um, my wife and I, after this, uh, after we've done this little press press run this week, we're heading over to uh, to Europe, go to Sicily, uh, where the camera will get uh, get a workout, <laughs> and um, will we actually get a chance to celebrate our thirtieth wedding anniversary as we were supposed to in 2020 <laughs> when the COVID came. So, uh, yeah, making up for lost time on that one and certainly making up for uh, a little while away from the uh, the set of Ramsey Street. And uh, so, so good to see it coming back. I think 18th of September, that's the, the relaunch with the single out there now to run alongside that. It is. The single's actually already up there on the streamers if people want to download it or listen to it or they can get a copy, hard copy from my website in the shop, uh, alanfletcher.net. And... The, uh, of course, 18th of September, Neighbours Returns, and the glorious thing they've done, uh, which I think is pretty clever, that Neighbours will release on Amazon, Freebie, the app, at 7.30 in the morning, which is exactly the time it goes to air in Australia at 4.30 in the afternoon. So there's no spoilers. You don't have to worry that you're going to see something online that the Australian audience have seen that you haven't. Uh, you can watch it at 7.30 in the morning if you like. Uh, or just delay it. A lot of people have said to me that they'll watch it at the same time they used to watch it when it was on Channel 5, which is at lunchtime or at dinner time. So it'll fit in with your schedule. Free V, nice and simple to use. Don't log into your Amazon account. You can check it out on there. There are ads in it, but they're not that intrusive. I've been watching uh, Scorpions on there, and they've been reminding me that Neighbours is coming back, which is also very good. Uh, so that's, uh, that's worth checking out. And obviously, we've seen 28 years of Dr. Carl already. Uh, no, you, know, you can't do spoilers, can you? But what I mean, his character gets to uh, explore uh, even more in the in the world of Erinsborough. Yes, indeed, he's got his daughter Holly is now on the show as a regular character, so he gets to explore that relationship with her, as does Susan as a stepmother. Um, and and uh, Holly's uh, Holly's uh, an interesting character because, of course, she is the daughter of Izzy Hoyland. So there's a few characteristics of Izzy. Are in Holly as well, which creates a few uh, a few ructions, a few uh, you know uh, uh, problems for Carl, uh, and and of course there's a wonderful coterie of old characters come back to neighbours. Harold will be back. Guy Pierce is doing a little guest spot too to to follow through on his appearance in the last episodes of Neighbours. Uh, all your regulars coming back, and then we've got these new families, the Varga Murphys. Fantastic. Uh, there's a character uh, called Has. Uh, who runs uh, runs Harold. So new and old, this is what we've got on the mix on the show, and it looks fantastic as well. And uh, Stefan Dennis has had some interesting outfits for Paul uh, in the trails. Uh, it, anything we can talk about there? Uh, Stefan Dennis features very prominently in the very first episodes of Neighbours. I'll tease that one. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's some, some big twists and turns in the very first episodes, which will shock audiences, I think, and surprise them. And uh, hopefully they'll love the, the twists and turns. Okay, so that's something to look forward to. As we say, though, the single is out there at the moment. I've got a crush on Susie K. And uh, this is uh, going to be true. Now, I haven't heard this yet. I am about to hear it now as we play it. Uh, take it, there's, the, uh, there's a video that runs alongside this, and you, you've, there's going to be yeah, more information as we mentioned at alanfletcher.net. That's correct. alanfletcher.net has got everything you need to know about I've got a crush on Susie K and everything to, to do with me as well. So I hope people, I encourage people to head over there. 
go for it. Check him out. Fantastic fella. Absolute star of our screens for so many years here in the UK. And would say back on the road, hopefully. Let us know when you're on tour. And it'd be great to talk to you then too. For now, Alan Fletcher, thank you for joining us. Bless you, Jason. Thank you, mate. When I was growing up, I fell in love with a girl. Not a supermodel or glamorous at all. The mum with the most from an Aussie telly soap. She's loving and wise, steadfast as well. She used to have long hair, but her new style is swell. She doesn't live next door, but she's my favourite neighbour. Cause I got a crush on Susie K. She wouldn't give me the time of day. The most beautiful girl on a street in TV. I got a crush on Susan Kennedy. Hurry home from school every afternoon. Switch the telly on and get ready to swoon. The super mum of Ramsey Street, she's so hot. When Sue is in an episode, it doesn't need a plot in an ideal world. Oh, she would be my girl. Cause I got a crush on Susie K. She wouldn't give me the time of day. Like a disease without a remedy. I've got a crush on Susie Kennedy. I got a crush. I went on a tour of the neighbor's set. Trying to catch a glimpse of the girl I'd never met. I waited all day, then she walked my way. Got all elastic and I couldn't seem to speak She thought I was a stalker so she slapped me on the cheek She put me in my place, now I'll never wash my face Cause I got a crush on Susie K She's the perfect mother in every way They called her a Kinski but I'll never agree She'll always be a Kennedy to me Cause I got a crush on Susie K One day she'll be mine, I don't care what you say The most beautiful girl on Australian TV I got a crush on Mrs. Susan Kennedy There's a new name for keeping the kids entertained, teaching them a bit of drama and having some fun with their peers. Helen O'Grady has become Drama Kids. Nikki Evans, who looks after the Wolverhampton branch, is here to tell us Drama Hello. Kids. Hello, how's it going? All good here. I hope we're finding you well and enjoying the new name, but the same quality of teaching. Oh, it's great. It's um, it's easy for people to remember. So when we cross on over in the street and people are like, oh, what drama club do you go to? Drama Kids. So it's a lot easier for people to remember. So what age range are you catering for? So at the moment, we're still catering for the ages between 5 to 18 at the moment. And that's a, I mean, that's a good age range. And I mean, last time we spoke, what, we're going back about four years or so now, aren't we? We're certainly pre-pandemic. Yeah. And obviously that's been a, a difficult and interesting time for everyone. But the outgoing nature of what, yeah, the way the kids behave after you know, joining in with the amazing activities and the teaching that you do has probably helped them through that and helps them as they get older too. Uh, yeah, it has. Um, I think I've noticed through COVID, it's definitely taken away a lot of their confidence. So enable for them to rebuild the confidence, say, come back to these classes and it's really helped them boost it and there's been a lot of them that had joined pre-covid um when we opened a studio up in Penn back in 2019 and um, they weren't able to perform at all um onto the stage that we normally do over the summer so they were able to perform for the first time summer just gone and that uh, that absolutely loved it and I think that's part of it, isn't it? It's about them enjoying an activity they're in without realising they're doing something which, uh, in, you know, by the time they hit 18, is going to be a feature on the CV, which will help them when they come to get work. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yes, definitely. They also are able to uh, do like some leadership skills as well. So if, they're, if they wanted to um, direct at all, then that can easily go onto their CV. Um, if they even do Duke of Edinburgh as well, we, we can also cater for that so yeah it really does help them especially with like their life skills and being able to place that onto their uh, cv 
And have you got performances planned for the uh, new intake and those who are staying with you into this school year? Uh, yes, we've got our annual summer production, which will be in July. We're hoping to do another performance at some point during the year, but we're not too sure. But it's in the pipeline. So, yeah, keep keep tuned on that one. Yeah, and because I mean these these kids are learning so much all the time. Actually, once you get the date sources, you can just drop it in because they're going to be ready for it. That's the other exciting part, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because when we start in September, it slowly builds up all their skills. So when it does come to the production term, they've got all those skills all set and ready, and they're able to perform out onto the stage. And it's with friends and family as well. So with the with the performances being a short scripted play as well and it's all inclusive as well there's no um let's audition for one particular role and then they don't get it and they're really disappointed and then it'll be like oh well how many lines have you got we cater for everybody so we make sure it's all even throughout that's great and so it's, it's a way of making sure that they're learning they're enjoying they get to be a star when it's their their turn in the show and i mean that's great for the families when they come to see them in productions as well it is, yeah. Um, I've always get a lot of positive feedback, just saying like the smiles on the faces and it's just lovely to see them perform out on stage. It's just amazing to see how their confidence has just suddenly just sparkled up on stage. With all of this going on, obviously uh, you have a new intake. They can still join during the, the year though, can't they? Yeah, they can join at any point during the term. There's no, oh, yeah, well, we're in the midst of whatever you can join yeah, you can join at any point. So you can just drop us an email or you can go on the Drama Kids website and you can book straight away onto there. So it's just hassle-free. That's the way we like it. Dramakids.co.uk. The Facebook page is Drama Kids Wolverhampton. Just search for that. You can see some of the uh, the activities the group have been involved in already. And uh, yeah, become part of it. Get the kids involved, 4 through to 18. How often does it take place? So we operate term time. Uh, we've got classes in... Pen, which run on Wednesdays over at St. Bartholomew's Church Hall. You've got times from 4.30 till 5.30 for ages between 5 to 10. And then you've got classes for youth theatre straight after from 5.30 to 6.30. And then we've got classes again on Fridays, 4.50 till 5.50 for the same ages, uh, 10, 5 to 10. And then youth theatre ages uh, between 6 and between 6 and 7 p.m. We do actually have quite a few of our students, if you'd like to uh, ask them a couple of questions. Absolutely. Let's meet up with some of the gang. Who have we got there? Okay, so we have... Oh, they're in the middle of something, but unfortunately you're going to be put on. So we have literally... We've got two Megans. We've got Eden, Jasmine and Lola with us today. What's it like being part of it? Are you having fun? Um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. Today is my first day and I'm having a really good time. So, so you'll definitely be back. And it's also mine as well. So a couple of first timers. So uh, welcome to you to the to, to the group. That's good to see. And those who've been before, I mean, have you enjoyed being in shows as yet? Yeah, but it's kind of stressful. What? Okay, <laughs> stressful, but it's to, yeah, it is part of the excitement though, isn't it? It's good stress. Earlier this year, sick. I broke my wrist. Um a week before the performance, and then on the week of the performance, I got chicken puck so I couldn't perform. And she was the main character. Yeah. yeah. Very But there'll be another chance, that's the thing, and that's the important part. And it, it all helps build skills as well, doesn't it? And and you tell your mates at school what you've been up to? Uh, she goes to my school, so. Ah, so that's one of the reasons you came along. So it's obviously something <laughs> that you're enjoying, you're sharing, and making part of it. Well, you guys keep up the good work. Absolutely have a brilliant time doing the show. And for, don't take seriously the bit about breaking bones. When someone says break a leg, it doesn't mean go out and break your wrist, okay? So don't do that, but do have a great time with it. And uh, Nikki, obviously, uh, everyone can get in touch and uh, get their kids involved, can't they? So uh, what, once again, what's that email address and the best way to contact you? So it's Wolverhampton at dramakids.co.uk or you can go through the website, as we mentioned, or you can also WhatsApp me on 07597 two. Well, you have a great time with it. Keep working with these kids. Keep building confidence and helping them through their studies and getting them ready for life through a bit of drama to avoid some of the drama in life. Sounds like good fun. Nikki Evans, thanks again. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Take care. <laughs>
With 62% of us saying our families tend to be quite messy, we need to keep on top of this so that entire house doesn't turn into a big pile of crumbs. Uh, to tell us more about HKFC's place under control, I'm joined now by Greg Rutherford, MBE. How are you doing, sir? I'm not too bad. How are you? Uh, all good here. And uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Olympic-style cleaning, is, is this what we're going for? <laughs> Top level, yeah. gold medal. Yeah, you're referring to uh, to Bosch's research, which is, uh, do you know, totally honest, I, I went through it and I couldn't relate more with anything that I've ever done before. And I looked around my house and went, goodness me, yep, every single one, tick, definitely uh, crumbs that have probably been there for a year, definitely mess, definitely try and use the dog to uh, to help uh, clear some of that up at times. Um, and it's something in a busy household, irrespective of if you've got children as well, to be totally honest, where crumbs get absolutely everywhere yeah. and it's one of those things that i think we're all very much somebody that will go do you know what i'll sort that out later and then before you know <laughs> it you move the sofa and it's like a hailstorm of flakes and crumbs going absolutely everywhere um so it's about it's about having the right apparatus to uh uh to deal with those scenarios yeah, because the, the worst foods have been identified uh, as uh, uh, the sausage rolls. Apparently, they're an issue. You don't strike me as a man who eats a lot of sausage rolls. <laughs> are, are, are you prone to the occasional cavalry flake, which is the uh, the crumbiest, flakiest chocolate, which will go absolutely everywhere? Certainly, honest. As you mentioned, obviously, there you, you've got the sausage roll. The first one is crusty bread, as well. The research found, um, and then we've got croissants and weenie bix, whatever. All of these things are consumed in my house, and <laughs> I've been retired five years. And the luxury of being retired as a, a former professional athlete is that you now embrace any and every food you possibly can. <laughs> so everything on this list is at home and everything is consumed and there is also crumbs and flakes of everything there all over the house um so yeah so it's something that as i say really did relate well with with myself with my family um and again it's it's definitely that those times especially when you're doing a deep clean you you want to make sure you are getting rid of some of these bits and bobs these flakes and try and actually make the house maybe look slightly cleaner and tidier for a period of time if you're like i am in my house there's periods where you try and make it look as if it's a show house but then you realize with three kids dogs cats and everything else that lasts about 35 seconds yeah well whilst the cats and dogs will probably hoover up some bits and pieces of snacks you leave on the floor they shouldn't be particularly in the yeah. case of the chocolate with the dog don't let Absolutely. it happen Absolutely. Uh, but so so make sure you're tidying that up but it's about the speed and ease of being able to tidy up and that's where the bosch range comes in yeah, it really does. It's one of those, look, the Unlimited 7, which is uh, the thing we're talking about here, this incredible vacuum that does, well, it makes it so much easier for you. This is the big thing. Like, if, if you look, look at the actual picture of the product as well, it bends, it moves around, it's got all the great attachments and nozzles, nozzles that make it so much easier to do. And I think in the way we are in the world with things being sort of quick and here and everywhere, we're all constantly in a rush. Having something that makes something that bit easier is, is so important. And, and look, it saves you time, it saves you effort. That's something that, as I say, in my household is so important. I've got a two-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. Most of my time is taken up chasing them around and, and, and then walking the dog, keeping the cats off of whatever else. The, this is what it's like. So if you have something that makes life a lot easier, it can only be a good thing. Um, and you want something that's going to do the job properly, and that's exactly what it does. Hobnob crumbs are its friend. <laughs> Absolutely. All crumbs, all flakes, it very much enjoys it. In, in, in scrub mode, there's the thing which I've never heard about on a vacuum before. Tell us a bit about that one. Well, yeah, the thing is, all the different modes, all it's it's one of those ones where it uses some of the best technology to make sure you're staying on top of of, of any and every spill, stain, uh, crumb, and everything else. It literally is the job, the, the the machine that does everything effectively in that way. We we we've decided as well what it needs is uh, is to do whale music because I often have used the vacuum as well to uh, help keep the the children asleep. White noise is also very very useful. It has a very nice tone um, and it has helped hugely when when the when Daphne was a baby. Um, so yeah, we I think if we add whale music to it, then we've actually got the ultimate machine for literally anything and everything. And a place to put your medals as well. That'd be good. <laughs> That's well hang it up yeah i'm not sure it'll be clinking them around might not be ideal but it's uh yeah it's, it's something to consider yeah yeah so just, you've got to show off maybe yeah there's probably a vacuum <laughs> equivalent of the olympics somewhere that it will probably be want to be entered into <laughs> but i mean it, it is about having fun at home and uh, not worrying about when the kids in particular probably more you uh, are making a mess and you can get it cleaned up quickly well yeah look life is quite hectic and i think what you don't want really to be worrying about and stressing about constantly is the way your house is and again crumbs and things like that. look 
I think you go around other people's houses at some stage, you, everybody will have a friend or somebody they know, and you go to the house and it's immaculate at all times. They might have kids, animals, whatever else. And then you constantly go, my house never looks like this. And I think the research most certainly shows that a lot of people are very happy to maybe let it we'll wait a little while before we get everything cleared before we we sort of make sure that it does look as perfect as it possibly can do because life is busy so mm. actually not stressing about it is a huge important thing but then when you want to do it get it done properly get it clean properly and then you feel really good about it but look don't stress there's yeah. too much too much stress in the world too much stress in life you've got to have something that does the job but don't worry about it lots of people are in the same boat and what have you got coming up at the moment? Because obviously you're retiring from the uh, the sports you love, but uh, have you got anything else exciting on the uh, the horizon that she's going to drag you away from the cleaning? Um, yeah, well, yes, actually, and, and I'm 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 going to be really annoying now. I'm going to say yes, something relatively big, but I'm not allowed to say what it is yet. Okay, so well, in which case, just tell me where we can find out more about your vacuuming habits. <laughs> so yeah, go to the Bosch website, and then you can see everything about the Unlimited Seven and obviously all the other products as well. Uh, get on there and uh, yeah, and check it out. Greg Rutherford, MBE, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for chatting, mate. Really appreciate it. Their UK adults are considering how they want to be remembered. New research has shown that three in five haven't written a will, though. To tell us more about how we make sure that we do live on, it is Fatima Whitbread, MBE, Olympian, and I'm a celeb star. The list just goes on. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks, Jason. It's um, nice to be able to spend today with you and talking about Remember a Charity in Your Will. It's quite key for me anyway, because obviously uh, as an ambassador for Action for Children, what was close and is close to my heart is, is, is children in the care system. And I think it's really important that Member of Charity Weekend is an opportunity for everybody to consider leaving a gift to a charity in a will after looking after family and friends. Um, so what we leave uh, behind tells our own unique story. So uh, leaving a gift in your will can be a brilliant way to ensure that treasured memories and values live on long after our lifetime absolutely and it's been able to let your family know what it is you want to do as well because uh, everyone has a different charity they support they all like to uh, to, to have a, a moment now uh, various different people have different support causes they like to support whether it be a dog's charity or other, other pets or as i say in your case looking after kids who really need some uh, major help yeah i mean obviously that uh, will you save lives at sea with the RNLI and uh, also find a cure for cancer for cancer research, uh, provide shelter in the coldest nights for the homeless, or even provide the love for an abandoned pet? Because, I mean, you know, Battersea, I mean, for me, it was abandoned children. So uh, also, would you consider, you know, I mean, answer a phone to a struggling mind and also give a veteran a chance to walk again? You know, there, there's so many charities. I mean, at the end of the day, you will make a massive difference, uh, which you can help hundreds of charities, thousands of groups and millions of people in the future. And so remember a charity in your will will help work live on for future generations. Absolutely. And that's so true in the case of the charity that you're looking at supporting. I mean, you spent, what, 14 years in the care system yourself. And uh, obviously it shows that, you know, through the care system, people can go on to be absolute internationally renowned sports stars. And uh, with the right start in life, anyone and everyone, and we should all have that same opportunity. And I mean, you're living testament to, to, to you know, the great things that can be done. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I found the love of the Whitbreads at 14. Sport, I mean, I, I, lived, I was abandoned as a baby and some would say left to die. Um, and I was made a ward of court and lived my first 14 years in children's homes. And so therefore, you know, this cause, actually, I work with Action for Children as an ambassador and it's really close to my heart in building a platform so we can help with these children, give them a voice uh, so they can be seen and heard. And for me, I mean, obviously, I mean, I do lots of, I still now, lots of challenges, of which at the end of this month, I'm doing the three peaks, uh, which will help raise the awareness for action for children, for these young children and teens, and hopefully uh, get loving, secure homes uh, for, for these children, which is, is, you know, important because every child deserves or has the right for a happy and secure uh, childhood. 
Absolutely. And, and you were lucky to be, to have found that and get the support you need. And then it's like the, the rest we know because we read about it in record books. So, you know, it's it's that sort of uh, 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 thing that uh, can, you know, yeah, just, as you, if you see, it puts a smile on your face thinking about it. And through the work mm-hmm. that uh, you can do through Remember Charity, uh, it gives the opportunity to, to give something back to others after we've uh, had our time and enjoyed ourselves. And, and as you said, it's uh, you, you look after your friends and family and the charity you want to give to. And you either give a percentage or you could give a set amount, couldn't you? So there's all sorts of ways of doing it. And the important thing is having that will. Well, Jason, it's so important. You know, I mean, obviously, I mean, rememberacharity.org.uk is where you can find out more. We currently have four million pounds that has been gifted in wills. So whatever your cause that's close to your heart, remember that charity, name a charity in your will will help that work live on for future generations. Absolutely. And uh, obviously you, you've got uh, the, the stuff you're doing as an ambassador, off doing uh, you know, three peaks. What else is going on? Have you, uh, have you got yeah. any other projects <laughs> that you're working on at the moment? Um, well, obviously the, the, the Action for Children is my cause and that's uh, I do a lot with uh, Action for Children and Children in the Care System. Um, and so therefore, you know, I mean, whatever I do, I, I use it to... Uh, leverage for the the, the greater good so um uh, next year my challenge i'm looking at doing everest space camp so that's going to be a a, you know the top of the uh, the roof of the world as they say Mm -hmm. and that's going to be my next challenge um but currently i mean if anybody wants to support me and my charity go on my social uh, website so there's a just giving page so you can help support action for children who i'm an ambassador for and you can help the vital support that we need to give to these young children so Thank just search for Fatima Whitbread on the socials and you'll be able to see what you're up to, find out where you are, literally on top of the world or at least getting on the way up to the top of the world. And uh, it, it's going to be a chance to to make that difference. And so if you are looking at putting a will together, it's, it's important you do that. Remember, charity.org.uk have all the details on what you can do there. Meanwhile, have a brilliant time in all these uh, challenges that you're doing. Uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing loads more in the socials uh, about that. And uh, any, any TV work and stuff coming up at the moment? We're going, you're waving the t-shirts at me. Remember charity in your will. Help yeah, the work live on. Watch me on, on Steph's uh pat lunch tomorrow, uh Wednesday, talking with my old pal Carol Vorderman, who we were in I'm a Celeb Together uh, in South Africa. And obviously it's all about remember a charity in your will. And also lots more. So uh yeah, I look forward to seeing you perhaps tomorrow on uh, Steph's there you go have a brilliant time with all of that i look forward to seeing loads of you as we see how you get on with these challenges fast thank you for joining us thank you jason that's all for this week thank you so much for joining me back with episode 743 next week i'll see you then drop it out goodbye from the milk bar goodbye from the milk bar Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.